I spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious mergers and acquisition specialists around. And now I've decided to take the leap into buying businesses. The real questions are how will I do it? How much of the behind the scenes can we really show? And how can business owners like you maximize their purchase price and build generational wealth? This show is going to give you the answers. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we buy, sell, or merge healthcare businesses and physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, and this is The Dave Kittle Show. Hey, hey, we got Ben Boggy back on the show, owner and physical therapist of ProKinetics Rehab. I'm Dave Kittle, owner of Concierge Pain Relief Home Physical Therapy in New York City and the CEO of the Fieldmaker Group. We're currently speaking with practice owners about partnering or acquiring some or all their practice. And today we're going to be talking about tips or strategies or advice of where as you as a practice owner, where can you or could you put your profits in regards to reinvesting back in your business, reinvesting in real estate, Hopefully you have some profits. That's the whole point. We want to be able to serve our communities, help our patients, grow a staff, a great team, retain that team. But at the end of the day, this is a business. There's some capitalism here and we have to have profit. We have to have profit for growth and expansion. Otherwise, I think you might be shrinking or not doing well. So Ben, welcome back on the show. We're going to talk about a little bit of what like your experiences, what you've been doing at ProKinetics Rehab in regards to your profits, obviously you've scaled now to three locations. You either are getting into real estate or have gotten into real estate. So let's get into that. I'll kick it over to you and tell us a little bit about your situation. Yeah, thanks for having me back, Dave. First one's a lot of fun. So looking forward to this one as well. So yeah, so I own uh, ProConnects Physical Therapy and Performance. We have three locations, San Diego, Oakland, and Des Moines. And uh, we have scaled to 1.5 million per year and looking to hit the 2 million mark this year. So a big problem I've run into and good problem is now what to do with these profits from the business and where to, where to uh, pump those profits into different investments and, and uh, what's worked well for me. And I'm happy to share that on this episode today. Awesome. And if you guys had not listened to the last episode, Ben went into a little bit more of his cash practice, three locations, Oakland, San Diego, and Des Moines. Correct. Yep. Correct. Yep. And so if you want to hear more about the practice, cash-based practice, they're charging at least 200, if not more per visit. He's got physical therapists at all of his locations and uh, multiple therapists at some of his locations. But this episode, we're going to go in a little bit more of uh, detail of this. So what would be a good starting point for this conversation? Yeah, it really goes back to like where I encourage people to start. A lot of times people start looking into like investing, in my opinion, almost a little too early. And I know that kind of goes against the the general recommendation of most people, like you need to start investing early. Yes, but the, it depends on where. So what I encourage most people to do is actually invest in themselves heavily on acquiring skill sets before actually investing into real estate, investing in crypto and stocks. Again, prefacing, I'm not a financial advisor, just showing what has worked for me and, and what I recommend to, to other people to do as well. So take with a grain of salt. But uh, yeah, I really highly encourage people to invest in themselves, acquire skills. So going to physical therapy school, becoming and being skilled in that is an investment in yourself, right? Which is a great step. But what we don't learn in PT school is the sales process, the business process and systems like that. So if you want to start a business, you need to start investing in yourself to acquire those skills to help accelerate it versus turning towards like, Hey, I want to pay off student loans or start looking into real estate crypto, stocks, what have you, it's much more better to leverage 
your skill set and grow that skill set so you can start a business, grow and scale that business, then take the profits from your business and pump it into real estate and those other investment vehicles. Because at the end of the day, by growing and scaling a practice, you're going to have a lot more capital than you would if you just stay an employee because your, your earning potential is limited, essentially. When you start a business, that earning potential isn't. Right. So that's why I highly encourage people to invest in themselves early on instead of looking to invest in real estate and stocks and crypto. But I'm happy to talk in like, Hey, I'm at this point where I have a successful business and I'm not really sure what to pump into it, but really want to make it clear. I lean very heavily towards investing yourself early to acquire skills to help accelerate your earning potential to be able to have more to pump into these investment vehicles uh, down the road. Right. So, and I know a lot of physical therapists, they might have student loan debt and they'll think that it's a challenge or risky to invest in themselves. And it could be something like investing, like you're saying, into, you know, a sales course, a mastermind, a marketing course, investing in putting marketing dollars into Facebook or Google ads, whatever it might be, but it is investing in yourself and or your practice. First of all, what was the year that your practice was founded when you started? November, 2018. 2018. And so, Again, this is not financial advice. We're not financial advisors, but this is more of just like, this is what you've done, Ben. This is what has worked for you. So when did you... So you were investing in yourself, you improved your skills, you got a sales process down, you're you know offering this out-of-pocket physical therapy, which is already kind of against the grain in the US. When did you start having profits, enough profits where you were not looking to do the fourth or fifth or sixth location? And maybe you're at that point now, I don't know. Versus then taking some of that money and instead of the next couple of locations or investing in more marketing and expanding your team, which I'm sure you're doing at the same time. When did it seem feasible or appropriate for you to then look into real estate? Was it in, you know, year two or three or four, like after there was some, you know, critical scale? Yeah, it was around right between year two and three is when I really started. Um, the first few years is just, yeah, reinvesting in myself and mental barrier. I had to overcome and a lot of people may, that may be listening or trying to overcome as well. The way I looked at it is I invested over $120,000 into, into PT school, right? And some people are like, I don't want to invest in like business coaching or learning or invest in myself anymore. I've already spent $120,000 or $100,000 plus on education. Well, the thing is I had in that first year, I invested $20,000 into business coaching. That $20,000 I invested was a much better ROI than what I invested, the money that I invested in PT school because it helped me grow and scale my practice, right? So that's the way you kind of have to make a mental shift to realize, hey, a lot of times if you choose the right business coach or business mentor and uh, business coaching, that it will help accelerate your income level. And so it really got to the point of year two or three to answer your question when I started. Still invest myself. I still do, but I started allocating more towards stocks and real estate and exploring some of these other other um, investment vehicles. Got it. So what were maybe what was the first project in terms of like real estate that you were looking at or that you actually kind of committed to? Yeah, so I started with stocks because I didn't know quite I also invested in learning which investment vehicles. That was also an investment that I made is to learn about investments and which way to go instead of just like kind of spraying and praying with whatever works. So the most I knew about was stocks. I really didn't know much about real estate. I didn't know anything about crypto. I didn't really know anything about these these other investment vehicles. So I invested in getting coaching on this as well as a little bit through a little bit in stocks as well to get started with it. And so from there, what I did is I went and started investing in real estate primarily and started the first real estate project that I got into was an apartment complex back in Iowa. 
that was a 16 unit apartment complex and, and kind of dove right into that. So that was the first one that I went after. Got it. So with that one, did you take out a, a loan or did you have most cash down or have a partner? Like what was some of the, you know, arrangement or structure there? Yeah. So I had, I had a mentor that helped me with the project and I put 20% down and that 20% came from the income from my business and then took the loan out. Uh, from that, I like to be leveraged. I like to leverage other people's money. What I mean by that is leveraging the bank money, bank's money, instead of putting all the money, all your money in on that. You can't leverage. Kind of hard to explain just over, <laughs> over like five minutes here, but I won't get into the nitty gritty of it. But I like to be leveraged where I can leverage other people's money. So that's why I decided to put 20% down instead of like paying outright for it. Yeah. No, I mean, um, we sometimes we talk about it on the show. Typically, the biggest cost of investment dollars would be your own equity, right? So the own, your own equity would like you put in 20, put 20% down. So really it's like automatically you have 20% equity and then you're going to continue to finance it using an SBA loan or some commercial debt loan, whatever. And so it makes sense to use other people's money. This is how business acquisitions are done oftentimes as well, unless it's like a big corporate, but even the big corporates will take out debt financing instead of taking their own capital they'll also leverage debt as well. So it doesn't matter if you're one or three location physical therapy practice owner, you certainly as long as your credit score I think has got to be, you know, 700 or 6, you know, 50 or something like that or higher, pretty good credit score, track record, personal uh, financial statements, all that and most practice owners could qualify for anything like this. They could use SBA or commercial debt for acquiring another practice, oftentimes for de novo like startup locations or in your case, real estate. So it's something that sometimes we touch on. And even though this is, we put out more content, more for like the sell side, like the, the practice owners exiting, but on the buy side, like, yeah, we've, we've definitely talked about that a bit. So it makes a ton of sense to leverage other people's money because then the rest of that 80%, you can kind of spread it out over time. It doesn't come out of your pocket. You're going to pay some interest rate, but knowing with the growth of your business, it's going to be more profits and easily covers the debt service. So the debt service paying off those monthly loan payments every month to the bank for the rest of that 80%. So it makes a ton of sense there. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like if I saved up all the money to buy that property outright, I'd have to invest 100% of my other cash into that and cover all that. First, if I just put 20% down, I could theoretically buy five of the same properties. If I would have otherwise, first, if I would otherwise just paid all in cash for that, for that one property. So just become more leveraged and more efficient in my, in my opinion too. So, Right. So you, you have the 20% down for that real estate deal. Did you look at it as like, you know, you have that chunk of money, whatever that dollar amount was, like, if you don't put that down, if you don't find a good project that is going to be good for you and your partner or your mentor or whoever, or just yourself, you're going to have to then declare that as profits and, and pay taxes on it, right? So instead of paying taxes on it, you find a project. So in some cases, it could be you find a business to acquire a partner, or in this case, you found this apartment building uh, this, with all these units. I think you said 16 units. You could put that dollar amount into this real estate. And then it, as far as I would, again, I'm not a tax attorney or anything like that, but or an accountant, but that dollar amount, I think if you do it a certain way, then it's not taxed. Is that correct? Yeah, there's tons of... That's why I prefer real estate because there's tax savings and uh, other ways that you can, yeah, just save a crap ton of money on on taxes by going the real estate route versus some of these other vehicles. Again, not saying real estate is the best; it's just the best one for me in my situation. But yeah, you can do what's called cost segregations, which just accelerates depreciation, which you can claim on your taxes, and you don't have to pay taxes on 
on those on that income essentially. Then there's also strategies where you can it's called the verb method, which where you buy rent rehab and you know, then you just can continue to repeat this. So that's what I did with the Airbnb that I bought. I bought this cabin. And uh what we did is my partner, we went on the deal went on this deal together and uh where I brought the cash and he did all the all the remodeling. But we bought a say a, a cabin for four hundred thousand. We put like a hundred thousand dollars into the rehab where we included an extra bedroom, an extra bathroom, and made this property worth around six hundred fifty thousand, let's say. Now you can do a cash out refinance and pull the money, all the money out of that deal that you put into it. Now you go find another cabin, just can rinse and repeat the same, you know, hundred, two hundred thousand dollars over and over and over again. So you don't have to keep finding new capital and continue to do cost segregation studies on each of those properties to uh save money on taxes too. So it's uh it's a really effective strategy if if you can do it right. That's the big thing and, and be able to identify the properties. So in that case, is it typically like you have to pay tax on that dollar amount eventually and you're kind of like kicking it down the road if you kind of like just take that pre-tax money and you're putting it into another project and another project and it's like it kind of compounds over time but I think eventually you would owe that and or maybe you're you're a state you know if, if you do something yep. uh, really well like by the time you're 80 90 100 whatever years old is that yep. typically the case yep yep you can do it's called 1031 exchange so where you like for example I'm getting ready to do that to do that with the apartment complex um, I want to invest in take that response and start invest into another Airbnb because that's been really really effective strategy thus far. So I'm taking going to sell that property as long as I believe as long as I sell that property and find another property to pump that that uh, income into or uh, the the property that was made there into another vehicle with regards to real estate. I don't have to pay capital gains on that. Got it. So you and Jordan, you know, you guys are helping other practice owners ramp up and grow their cash practices. So I'm assuming there's probably within the folks that you've helped, there's probably like maybe a top five or 10 practices that are just doing really well. Why not partner with them? Why not take your profits and partner or acquire or merge with some of those top five, 10? Because you get to kind of cherry pick. You could if you wanted to, because you know who's kind of gone from where they started to uh, you know a pace maybe where you were at or, or where you could be. Why not do that? Or I don't know if you ever considered it. Why not do that though and stay like in the physical therapy cash pay world instead of real estate? Yeah. So I have actually done that with uh, a practice already um, in Minnesota, Minneapolis area, where I was able to retain equity in that to give them my coaching and then we grow and scale. So I'm getting into a little bit of that to diversify it. It really goes back to diversification for me. And there's also just a little bit more tax advantages that I like on the real estate side of things. And uh, just again, time leverage and monetary leverage as well. But it is something that we're doing as well on the side to diversify things too. But maybe down the road, we'll get more and more into that. And that'll be more of a strategy. So kind of testing these different investment vehicles, say like, hey, which one do we want to kind of start allocating more funds and more of our time to uh, with regards to the growing scale app? Yeah. It seems like that's getting more and more popular, like the consulting for equity route of these, like there's these acquisition entrepreneurs, there's these search funders that are self-funded searchers, or they are an investor backed search fund or whatever. And then there's others that are kind of potentially looking to do a little bit of that, which is like consult for equity. And I get folks reach out to me all the time. Feel free to keep sending your emails and your messages about picking my brain for, you know, help. And, you know, what do I think about this and that and their situation and all that's great. But like, I have to charge something for that or I just don't have the time for it. Or you could do what Ben did and you could, you know, we could talk about some equity because then it's like a way to 
kind of have almost like an, there's like earnings and there's a whole bunch of different phrases on, on how to, to, you know, structure this type of stuff. And I'm just surprised that like, whether it's the Greg Todd's, the, uh, Paul Goff's, Aaron LeBowers, especially Paul Goff, who's had a ton of success from what I see. I've never really talked to him or met him, but it seems like those folks should be getting some equity points in these practices as opposed to just cash that they make for courses or masterminds or whatever. And maybe that's, I mean, I know that's their business model for, for cash, but that equity, it's like, it can certainly... Obviously, you have to know who that person is really well before you get into that. But I'm just surprised that no one has really done that, or at least I haven't heard that. And so you had the one at practice owner in Minnesota that you've done that. So you know you're you've already yep. kind of da- dabbled into it. Yeah, yeah, we're we're kind of testing the waters with it. Then there's also there's uh Jordan and I went in on a deal with uh, in Scottsdale. Um, that's where we have another practice there, but I have less equity on that, more so on the Minneapolis one that we're testing the waters too. So mm-hmm. we're kind of getting our feet wet with these first two and then seeing like, hey, is this something that we want to start turning our our sights on? Because right now we kind of have like an entry level where it helps people start their practice and then get to where the point they need to hire. Then we have the mastermind level where it's now it's how to grow and scale. And then we kind of kind of see like who has it. You know, there's people that have it and those that don't. And by by having that higher tier, you see like, hey, who would I want to actually partner with? So there might be might be something that we may add on, depending on these other two clinics go with regards to even a higher higher tier past that mastermind, where now we get some equity and that to help accelerate things even further. Got it. Awesome. Have you seen or with your clients and and your practice owners that you guys have helped, have you seen any of them kind of venture into some real estate or are they kind of earlier on where they're still kind of focused on growing their cash-based practice? Yeah, so a lot of the people that join the mastermind are still in that that phase, like in the first year or two, where they need to continue to invest in themselves. Uh, but we do have some people, and that's where I kind of really say that our mastermind's different than most. Is with the rich dad poor dad model, you have the employee, then you have self employed, then you have business owner. Most business coaches just help you get to kind of that business owner stage and help you grow that third quadrant. Well, it's the fourth one with the investor. And so within our mastermind, I've taken what I've learned and I coach. The other people that are kind of at that higher tiered portion of the mastermind where they have like, Hey, I don't know what to do these profits. Where should I put these funds to get my money to work for me now? Cause that's what the fourth phase is all about is get money work to work for you. Right. So that's where we also teach within that mastermind what to do with those, with those profits and help people leverage their money to get to work to that, get it to get it to work for them. Got it. Anything else in regards to the real estate component or the kind of like the allocation of capital? Whether, you know, I think the great tip earlier you said is invest in even learning that. So you invested in learning about like alternative investments and real estate and stocks and all that. Obviously, anyone watching, listening, you got to do your own due diligence and, you know, find other mentors and and other, there's a ton of content out there to, to watch, to listen to anything, you know, final uh, touch point or tip or strategy in regards to how they can, you know, learn, kind of explore some of this see what might be best for them in their practice. Yeah, a big problem that I ran into and why I started getting away from the multifamily aspect of things and more into the Airbnbs, I found a, a great partner to work with with on these these properties. And what I ran the reason being is I ran into the problem of now I need to man I have to watch over tenants or I can prior to property manager, which I did, but you still have to make sure the property manager is doing their job. And I'm like, this isn't as passive as I want it to be. Because now I just kind of almost created a second business. And it's, it's a little bit too much time commitment. I want something more passive. That's why I kind of got in these uh, real estate syndications, but then also which are really, really passive and uh, 
then I got into this Airbnb because I found a partner that his weak point was he didn't have the capital, but he had the knowledge on how to rent, remodel, renovate these properties to make them higher value. And he knew the area that we're investing in at a really high level. And I didn't. And so he knew how to make it work. He just had the capital. Well, I had the capital, but I didn't know how to make it work. So, and the know-hows, like the know-alls of, of what it takes to have a successful Airbnb, uh, you know, business. And so I just bring the funds. He carries out and does all the management and it's a 50 50 split. And so we're both got, we're all on the same page with interests, interests align with things. So it's also about finding the right partner too. If you want to be more passive and into the Airbnb or if you want to reinvest in like syndications, it's an, it's an also another option that, that I've been using that makes it much more passive versus having a property manager and, and having to watch over them and all that stuff too. So. Yeah, no, I, I like that delineation, which is you could put your capital in a certain place and you'll probably, you know, you put in that syndication and maybe there's, you know, there's preferred shares. You got to like, you got to learn all about that type of stuff. And maybe there's some capped upside there. And then maybe the upside is more if you're going to then do what you're doing, which is like the Airbnb or multifamily or other stuff like that. But then, like you said, it takes more oversight or you got to make sure that there's some people that's property manager or, and like the cleaning folks, I mean, everything in terms of like, now it is, it's like another business. So those are just, I'm glad that we kind of flushed some some of those out because those are, again, the pros and cons of like, you're going to put your, take your profits, you got to put them somewhere. And depending on where you put them, there's going to be, you know, some like consequences or side effects, whether good or, you know, good or bad or, or neutral, there's going to be some, you know, some things to then consider depending on where you're looking to kind of invest or park that capital. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, a lot of people think, oh, real estate is 100% passive or it's completely passive. It's not the case. There's definitely different aspects of real estate that are more active and then some that are more passive. So that's also a thing that I realized and I had to learn kind of the hard way is not all real estate and not all investing is actually passive as what most people think. So, yeah, awesome. Ben, this was really great. What's a good place for the audience to reach out to you? Whether again, email, LinkedIn, website, uh, if they want to learn more about you, your practice, clinical marketer, what you're doing with Jordan. Where can they find you? Yeah, they can find me on Instagram, Dr. Ben Boggy. Um, I share a lot of free content on there to help people grow and scale their practice. So you can follow me there. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. We have a Facebook group for cash-based PTs. We have over 3,000 people in there, approaching 4,000, I believe. And uh, so that's a lot of free resources as well to help you grow and scale your practice. And you can also uh, email me at ben at theclinicalmarketer.com. Excellent. If you guys find this interesting and valuable and helpful, subscribe to The Dave Kittle Show on YouTube, iTunes, and Spotify. And we'll catch you next time here on the show. Ben, thank you very much. Hey, it's Dave Kittle. Are you a healthcare business owner or physical therapy practice owner who is looking to figure out your succession plan or exit strategy? We might be able to help. And in fact, we may be interested in acquiring your practice. If you're interested, you can reach out to me. Shoot me an email at dave at conciergepainrelief.com. That's D-A-V-E at C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E, painrelief.com. Or you can call me at any time, 646-781-8884.